You're listening to Built in Brunswick, a podcast spotlighting the top businesses serving the community here in Brunswick County, North Carolina. I'm Jordan Mitchell, the founder of Growth Stack Media. Today, I'm joined by Karen Wren, the co-owner of Brunswick Organizing Solutions. We've got a very special episode for you today, so let's get right into it. I was a teacher, special educator for 35 years in Maryland, and I worked with students with multiple disabilities. So I had to develop and implement what we call compensatory strategies to allow them to be able to do some of the same tasks we do, but maybe do it differently. And um, when I had my retirement party, uh, a lot of people said, you're so organized, you're so organized. So I investigated being a professional organizer because I really have a passion for helping other people, but also to help people uh, with their space, with their environment. Um, because I feel like if your space isn't organized, then you're not really organized anywhere. It really affects your mental health. So my segue to becoming a professional organizer was that, as well as um, when I moved down here, I just saw a need for helping seniors in particular with moving, unpacking, senior downsizing. And I decided to start the business with my cousin who has a marketing and business background. And my, my um, 35 years of special education really came in handy in working with many of my clients because I do have to use compensatory strategies to help them with some of their uh, skills. Uh, for instance, if a client has ADHD, then we have to modify and compensate for that attention deficit in some way to allow them to focus on something. So it's not just about organizing for them. It's including the client in the process and helping them along the process, given some modifications to help them if they have some type of um, disability. I know most of my clients not uh, some kind of life change, whether it's death of a spouse, career change, you have a family, they have to downsize because they have to move closer to their children because of health issues. So that's why I say that um, helping them is very, it's been a good segue from actually working with special education students. Absolutely. And so outside of the different um, disabilities or abilities that individuals might have or their stage of life, what do you think are some of the reasons that these folks need help? Do you think that it may be, you know, depending on their situation, when they feel like the clutter kind of gets out of their hands, like maybe it's just too big of a job for them to do so they don't do anything about it? Like, what do you think are some of the reasons that people are challenged with staying organized? Well, the challenge for many of them, as I said, is some type of life change that occurs. And it affects them emotionally, mentally. For example, someone has lost a spouse. So they're grieving, they're having a hard time dealing with not having their spouse around. Perhaps the spouse did paid all the bills. Now the bills are piling up because they are overwhelmed. Their dishes are piling up because they really don't feel like cleaning up the kitchen. Uh, they feel as though 
their life has changed and they don't know what direction they go in at this point. So oftentimes they call me in a dire strait of mind that they need professional help to help them get through that phase of change that they're going through. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And that's a really nice service that you're providing there because it has a lot of valuable impact, especially to people that are in need. So what does the process actually look like once you get that phone call? You know, how do you put your team together for that job and kind of assess what needs to be done? Well, of course, every client is individually planned. Uh, there and we call them, you know, agreements or proposals that I write up. I do a free in-home assessment first because I feel like the most important thing is for them to see me face to face and for them to know that I'm a friendly face, that I'm an honest, I have good, I'm trustworthy, and I want to have that connection with the client on some level. Mm-hmm. So I believe operating that free in-home assessment really helps develop that rapport. And because they don't have any financial obligation to go with me or to have me come into their space, but when I come in and I give them an assessment um, and, and they can see that I'm non-judgmental about their space, no matter how disorganized it may be or cluttered or whatever, um, I, don't, I don't believe in reacting because there's a reason for there's always a reason behind it. Once I do the assessment and I provide them with an agreement, a written proposal, then I get my team together and I go over that with them. I have 13 organizers that work for me and um, they're 1099 independent contractors. I try to match up the organizer and I've trained everybody. They have to do go through a four-hour training with me. And I can, for instance, if I'm working with a vet, a vet, okay, I have a very excellent organizer on my team that's a retired vet. She was an army colonel and she loves organizing. Well, there, that right there, there's a connection, right? You know, that's a transferable skill set of leadership and um, knowing how to keep things organized and orderly for sure. Yeah, not just that, but just the connection that both of them are veterans. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, when I go in and someone tells me they're a teacher and I say, oh, well, I'm a teacher. I was a teacher too. You uh-huh. know, the connection. So I try to have some kind of connection with my client and my organizers that might be going in there to help them because that's all what it's about. There has to be that connection because there has to be that trust that that they feel comfortable with with us coming in their home and touching their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very personal thing. It is. It is. And um, it, it, you have to have a lot of patience, too, because some people, they come in and they're leery. They're leery about these strangers in their home. and um, they. But once they get to know us, We've had clients leave us and go run errands for an hour, you know, Yeah, for them to be part of the process. But, you know, that's a good feeling when they know they can run to the store and leave us to continue with doing things in their home. Yeah, it seems like trust building is so important. And that's 
just another value add that that just comes with not only the services that you're providing, but the freedom that it's enabling them that they can go and run those errands, they spend more time with their family. Um, so that's really good too. Is there a specific like reset memorable experience you'd like to share where you've had like a really um, transformative impact on one of your clients? Well, the first that comes to mind is a couple that um, I was referred to. The wife is bedridden with severe back problems. The husband has dementia. They live at home by themselves. No children around, no adult children, no one. And I go in and do the assessment and I realize they really need help. And they need to be in independent living. Okay. So I go over, you know, as I said, what I do at the beginning during my assessment and how I can help them. And the good news is we really started early. When you do a downsizing, it's not an overnight quick process. It mm-hmm. is a lengthy process to downsize, especially a 2,500 square foot home, 800 square feet. Yeah. Um, we went in every, two of us went in every week for about four months, every Friday, let's say, and started the downsizing process with the client. And she more or less gave me carte blanche what she wanted and not wanted. And I was able to get a floor plan of the independent living that they were going into. And with the with neither one of them able to help, I had to bring in other organizers as well to get the house ready to even put on the market to sell the home. Yeah, that money was needed for them to go into independent living. And I found coins that you know that the husband collected that were was valuable. I was able to take them to a coin collector and provide some funds for them that help. And we did the whole process. I, they, she had a realtor, but I got the movers. We had a moving sale for them. They didn't have a lot of um, antiques or valuables in the sense of having an estate sale, but they had enough to do a moving sale because they had to get rid of quite a lot of items because in an independent living, you only have a small kitchenette. So they didn't need a full kitchen of, of cook, cookware. And what was challenging but rewarding about this was the fact that the wife stayed in bed almost the whole time over there. And the husband sat there and kind of stared at the TV and I wanted to get them in independent living as quickly as possible so they could get the support that they really needed to continue with their life. Yeah. You, Karen, you really stepped up for that. Like you, you, you went well above and beyond for that client and outside of just the services that you were there to do, um, going the extra mile and getting those coins looked at for their value and assessed and then helping them find the help they needed. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, I found, I found savings bonds. If, if, we, if we hadn't gone in there and I had gone through everything 
like their bonus room was used to be his office. If I didn't, they, well, who else would have done it? And I'm very proud to say I'm a very honest person and, and wanted the best for them because, you know, who knows? Somebody could have stolen many, many things from this couple. I hate to say that, but. And that happens a lot because they're a very vulnerable um, part of the community. And like, I've heard of that, like, especially with financial like abuse and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, that just goes back to the trust aspect, which is what you were talking about. And it sounds like based on the situation, the move and the process can go a little bit differently. So in, in that sense, you said that, so you're getting rid of a lot of stuff. Um, how are you like kind of going, can you tell me a little bit about like what that's like, like setting up the moving sale and then trying to figure out like what to get rid of, talk a little bit more about like kind of what that's like. What to take with them or what, yeah, like that's got to sound, that sounds like really difficult to just, I mean, obviously like just having excessive cookware, for example, um, they, they don't need all that, but like, so I guess you're saying they either, they have three options. It sounds like they can sell it, they can keep it, or they can throw it out. Correct. Or donate. Or donate it. So four options. So like what, how does that breakdown usually go? Yeah. Well, so, um, kind of a long story, but I'll try to uh narrow it down but we you know pretty much i sat down with her with the floor plan and we decided on the furniture first because once you do the furniture then everything else is kind of secondary you know um so we decided on what pieces would work and 800 square feet and what was important for them in terms of um sentimental items for instance, her husband had made this beautiful stained glass um, balloon, like hot air balloon, as a lamp. Well, we had to find a place for that. That was an important piece for both of that. Um, that's just one example. But we were able, I was able to look at the space. I even went over to the um, independent living facility to look at it, visualize the space. And first they moved into a one bedroom. So that was a challenge too, in terms of what to take. And um, so everything worked out great with what we had planned to take. Now, once we decided on that furniture, we went into the kitchen, the laundry room, the uh, decor, home decor items. And what we did was I would ask her, what was going to go to possibly family members, what was valuable. And I had to determine that what was valuable that we could possibly sell for them and what needed to be donated. So once that was all decided, we got them moved and then they gave me a key and I went in and had the moving sale. I had donations picked up right at the house. Hey everyone, hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Real quick, if you haven't already, go ahead and tap the follow button to subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. It helps our show reach more listeners, brings more awareness to the businesses here in our community, and will ensure you don't miss any new content. So thanks again for taking just a few seconds here to go and hit follow. We really appreciate it. Okay, now back to the show. After we had the moving sale, that's when the donation from. Uh, we had Samara's Village come in uh, to pick up items that 
they would like to put in their consignment store, their thrift store. And um, then we um, actually, I have girls that come in and do a clean out of the home too. And then at that point, we had a deadline. I worked with the realtor on a deadline as to when we needed to be out of the house so they could put the house on the market. But we had a uh, two-day sale and um, I can't remember how much money we raised for them, but all my people, we agreed with, um, it, it wasn't a lot of money, but the time we put in, would you believe this? None of us took any financial funds from that money. Wow. What we did was we bartered and one of my people wanted the storage shed outside. I mean, not a shed, but, a, uh, you know, an outdoor where you put um, yeah. cakes and everything. Uh-huh. She was happy having that and a grill, a small grill. Yeah. Was it. Mm-hmm. Um, someone else wanted, um, some kitchen, uh, kitchen item. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Because they're not going to use be using them anyway. And, you know, that's, a, that's just another way to barter. Yeah. Another form of currency there. Is we bartered and the client respond with that because what we wanted to do was give them as much money as possible to help them with their funds moving into independent living. And I was so proud of all my organizers for agreeing to do it that way. Right. And do you ever stay in touch with any of your clients once they've made that full transition? Yeah. They, um, Actually, the lady um, calls me periodically and um, one of my organizers, she calls because they were both into plant and she gave um, her a plant and a, uh, like a pot, a potted plant and beautiful ceramic pot that she had because they used to do that when before they both got sick. And um, she sends her pictures of the flowers and we've been by to visit her. And her husband and um, at the facility, I don't go as often as I should it's down in Chilote, Ocean mm-hmm. Isle. Yeah. yeah. But um, I haven't been in a while, but she'll call us periodically and keep us updated. That's great. That's great that she still stays in touch. And now remind me, what part of Brunswick County um, are you based in? Well, I live in Leland and my owner of my company lives in, uh, which is my cousin, lives in Shalot. So, oh, okay. And I have organizers all over the county. That's awesome. It sounds like you have a lot of coverage and uh, are you looking to take on more folks to get trained up to be organizers? Not right at this moment because I think I'm, I'm really okay with who I have at this point. Yeah, that makes sense. So I just recently trained uh two more people so um you know we're actually i have 13 that work but there are 15 of us and that's my limit really cool i have to keep track of you know when you do when you pay them and um you know you have all the financials related to that and collect the money from the clients and the invoices and Every every job that I I have uh, three people that are lead that I've trained on a job, and they collect the uh, the check and the invoice, let's say from a client, and then they get it to me, or I meet them there, or they um, if I'm not on a job, <clears throat> and uh, or they'll mail it to me. So um, and they always check in. Everybody always checks in with me how the job went. 
we do before and after pictures. Um, they always take pictures of the completed project and send them to me. And then oftentimes I'll put them on the, our website, our Facebook page. Cool. Do you have any like practical tips or strategies that some of our listeners could implement in their own time to improve their home management skills and organizing skills? Well, if you're going to downsize, start early. Uh, you know, it's not a, it's, it's a process, not a quick fix to organize and to downsize. Um, and the main thing that I'm hearing from seniors is what do we do with our stuff? Our kids don't want our Waterford crystal. They don't want the Gadro statue. They don't want their collectibles. They're adult children. So I have many clients that say, what do I do with my Ida that my children don't want? And that's when I suggest giving them to clients. I'm, I'm sorry, not clients. Relatives, friends as a goodbye gift if they're moving. Uh, take pictures of them, sell them. Sometimes I help people sell things on Marketplace, those kinds of things. But, you know, if you're not going to use Waterford Crystal anymore or China, sell it or give it to somebody that's special to you. Um, and then um, make sure all your, because I work with a lot of seniors, make sure all your important documents are in one place and in a secure location. And if you don't have that, then we also can help with that process because the last thing you want is your family member, loved one, that's your executor or somebody to come in and not be able to find your important papers upon your passing. And then always take pictures. You know, I, I say to clients, take pictures of things that you have to let go of. But in terms of uh, organizing tips, um, I'll give you, I'll tell you one example that I've done with a client that had ADHD. And organizing tips, yes, we have some general organizing tips, but really what, you know, I have to look at what works for me may not work for another person or this person, it may not work for this person. I had tried to come up with several strategies with one of my clients that had ADHD. And I knew she did because there were 10 pairs of scissors and she couldn't find one, you know, sometime. What I did was I placed a basket in each room of her home. And I said, now when you're finished with the pen or the pair of scissors or the um, glass that you might have had a glass of water, you know, while you're watching TV or something, put it in the basket. And at the end of the night, Put them back into their quote home. Every place, everything has a home. And if it don't have a home, you need to have a home for your things. Even a junk drawer, you know, we call them junk drawers. Well, it should be an organized junk drawer so you can find the things that you want quickly. Um, that worked great for her, putting baskets in each of her rooms and. Because she would use something, lay it down, and then she couldn't find it, so she'd go out and buy another one. And, you know, we ended up getting rid of, I said, you only need two pairs of scissors, one for the kitchen, and one for your office. And sometimes that's hard in terms of letting go of things, but really, no one needs 10 pairs of scissors. 
Right. That's true. And I mean, I think we're all guilty of that to some extent. I mean, there's times where I misplace my phone or my wallet or whatever. It's always in the house somewhere. And I'm like, where the heck yeah. did I just put that thing? But that's good that you're, that's you're able to That's a really there. good organizing tip. Have one location where you're going to put that. And believe it or not, I'm, I'm at fault too. I'm always using sunglasses. And finally I said, okay, I'm going to come in the house. On my dresser, I have a space where I'm putting my sunglasses. I don't lose them anymore. Yeah. But I had to consciously do that myself because um, I was invariably losing my sunglasses. And you don't want to lose those, especially during those nice hot <laughs> summer months too. That's for sure. But, you know, it's... Um, it's fun because to work with these clients, I just feel like I'm making a difference in their lives. I'm making their lives simpler because we're really, um, we're all, you know, going to be in the third act of our lives one day. And we want it to be fun, pleasurable, enjoyable, hassle-free. And that's what I hope to give to my clients. Absolutely. Well, it makes a lot of sense to me what you're doing. And I think the the larger thing you're shining a spotlight on is that there seems to be a need for more integrated services. I mean, some of the things that you're doing are essentially treating these people almost like family. You know, it's like what what family, if folks are lucky enough to have a supportive local family community around them, maybe they can offset some of those responsibilities you're talking about. But I think a lot of people uh, retire here from out of state or their families aren't around or they don't know how to ask for help. They don't know what they need, but it goes beyond the organizing. It almost seems like that can be a symptom that there are some larger things happening that may need attention. So I think it's really interesting. Well, what Saturday you're doing. morning, I have another assessment with a 5,000, an elderly couple, 5,000 square foot home. The children are coming in from Durham to meet with me. And we're going to be looking at the home. The, the parents aren't on board yet. And um, they interviewed me on the phone and um, my job is to go in there Saturday and, and, and talk to them and tell them that this is really, you know, needed for them to, to let go of this large home. And so some of the things that they, uh, memories of things and items of stuff that they had while their children were growing up. and. Now the children want them to move the Durham near them. <laughs> well, that's got to be hard too, because you're have, like your memories are almost tied up in the physical location too, and they don't want that to be yeah, disrupted. For the most part, like I downsized the 3,500 square foot home. A lady lost her husband. The children live um, out of town and they came in, they interviewed me as well. They came in and... <clears throat> And um, we did the whole thing. We had an estate sale for them. I didn't do the estate sale, but I knew I have connections to estate sale personnel. And they came in and had the estate sale. We donated some things and everything worked out great um, with getting her moved. That's amazing. And again, you're just going above and beyond and doing more than the name of the organization that you're, you're running here. Brunswick Organizing Solutions, the solutions part is more than just the, you know, figuring out what things to keep or get rid of. It's about caring about people and being there for them and figuring out other ways to uh, step up and help. So where can people go to 
book one of your free one-hour home or office organization assessments? Well, um, that's a great question. I have a website called getorganizednc.com. And we have information on there that um, will link them to me through via, you know, e- through a B- email. And um, my phone numbers are on my website as well. Um, we also, I also have a Facebook page, LinkedIn page. Um, we have a YouTube channel where I've developed some cartoonish type things about senior downsizing and <clears throat> and organizing. That kind of kind of catchy. Nice. That, and that has my phone number on it. And um, Instagram. What am I missing? Social media wise. But um, there's lots of ways to contact me. And um, usually I provide my business phone number as well as my cell phone. Okay, cool. Do you want to say your phone number on the show for people who might be listening and are ready to call you like right now? Sure. My business phone is 910-477-3768. You've been listening to the Built in Brunswick podcast. This is original content produced by Growth Stack Media. If you're ready to grow your business with better videos, podcasts, PR, or marketing support, feel free to reach out. All you need to do is click the contact form link in the show description or visit growstackmedia.com and schedule a call. I'd love to hear from you. That does it for today, but stay tuned for more because new episodes are on the way soon. And until then, I'm Jordan Mitchell, and this is Built in Brunswick.